I really think it comes down to like, what's the truth behind corporate America? You're going to be anxious. You're going to cry. Like I never saw myself crying as a, as a former football player, but I have cried because of what people have said to me. Welcome to Culture Court, a podcast about the people and the ideas that drive our culture forward. I'm the host, CJ, and here is my promise to you. Every episode will be interesting, relevant to what's going on right now, and will last 20 minutes or less. Please like, subscribe, and send this to somebody that you think would enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. Here we go. My guest today is one of the smartest and funniest people on TikTok. He blends humor with good advice for Gen Z and millennials who are in corporate America. He's worked at some of the biggest companies in the world, and he's been featured on Business Insider, BBC, and Fortune magazine. He has created the Young Professionals Conference, a one-day virtual experience where you can learn from young executives who work at places like Amazon, Deloitte, and the NBA. Please welcome my guest, Chase Coleman. Chase, thanks for being with us. Man, that was that was the best intro I've ever had. You know what? I got to steal that from you because you uh, know that was beautiful. And you have a podcast voice, man. Damn, I'm I'm just excited to be here, y'all. Whoever's listening, thank you for tuning into this episode. CJ's an awesome host, awesome person. I mean, I would also argue that you're probably one of the smartest, if not funniest, people on TikTok <laughs> too. So, for you to be saying that about me, man, I appreciate it big time. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, no, man, we thank you for being here. Listen, the, you got to get a good intro for people to get the pop. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, I trust pop. me. I get it. <laughs> no, and, and it's and it's warranted for you. So I think about you all the time as somebody who has done a lot of interesting things like early on. So when you're out, whether you're at a bar or dinner or family events, and someone is talking to you about school and work, and they ask you, what did you do to get here? Like, what did you do to get to where you are? What do you mm-hmm. say? That's a great question. I, I tell them that I have no fear and mm. it's actually a lie because I have a lot of fear okay. and I fear failure all the time. But I also look at failure as a, an opportunity to learn. You know, I'm 29 years old. I believe that we don't really reach our, our peak until whatever that, that your vision of success looks like. Right. And I, I have two things that I, that I, always keep in the back of my mind. One thing is Matthew McConaughey. And he was talking about what he looks forward to, what he has in the present. And then he said something else. I'm going to butcher it so bad. But he always said that the person that he's chasing is himself in 10 years. And he said, he's never going to get there. He's never going to be that role model that he wants to be in 10 years, but it gives him something to always chase. Right. The other thing that's always in my mind is that every experience that you go through in life, whether it's a win, whether you consider it a loss, is always a learning and you can always build upon that. And I have a variety of interests. And I think one thing that I lost graduating college, going into corporate America was I was no longer an athlete. And most athletes, that is their identity. My identity was I was a football player. You know, I was disciplined. Everything around a football player that you would think of was what I embodied. And then I had to find myself. I was like, what do I like? What do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? And I, I couldn't figure that out. So I decided to you know, start a blog. I started podcasting. I started realizing that I was really passionate about helping others. And that kind of brought me on this journey to starting a blog that failed, starting a podcast that failed, turning into another podcast that failed, and then turning all of a sudden into short form content to reach my audience. And you know, one of my uncles is an executive and he used to be the CEO of Sweet Greens. He was an executive at Starbucks as well. He's done a lot in his his life. And 
I look at him as someone who I'm like, dang, I would love to be you, you know, like you'd be like the pinnacle of who I'd like to reach, like the things that you've accomplished. And when I talk to him, you know, whether it's over a dinner or over a coffee, he always says, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. I still don't know what I want to, what I want to do next. God, yeah, I always so you, find you're saying this person who's the person who's done a lot. They're all, they're still trying to figure out what they want to do and how they want to go about their next move. A person who is exactly. very accomplished is still trying to figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, look at Elon Musk, right? One of the most um, story characters of a, of a, of a business leader that you could find, right? He has outrageous takes. He's bought Twitter, right? Tesla's doing just fine. Bought Twitter, started SpaceX, done all these things. And I bet if you and I were to sit down with him over a dinner and had a very real conversation with him, you know, outside of his Elon isms, he would probably say, I'm still trying to figure it out too. Right. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be. What I, what do I want to be when I grow up? I hear from people who are in their fifties and sixties all the time, Chase, I want to be you when I grow up. And I laugh at them, but I think they're very genuine. And they're saying that because life is a journey. We're always trying to reinvent ourselves. We're always trying to figure out what's going to bring us to that next level of happiness. And for me, the journey is the fun part of it. You know, being able to lay down at night and close my eyes and look back on all the things that I've learned and all the things that I've been able to do and accomplish and go, you know, life really is a lot of fun. Like it's all about the journey. It's not the end. It's not the angle. It's not the, 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 the thing that you, that you reach at the end. Right. It's always going to be about like, what did you accomplish on that journey? And what did you, what did you learn on that journey? And for me, it's been a mental battle of getting over my own anxiety, getting over my own imposter syndrome, getting over my own mental hurdles to becoming this person that I want to be. And at the end of the day, like, I just want to be the most well-rounded person, business professional that I could be that also gives back and helps others. Because frankly, I graduated college with a 2.7 GPA. I never should have started at a, at a company like Starbucks, but it was my mentors. It was my friend's parents. It was my parents. It was my brother and sister. It was my friends. It was everybody around me who helped me realize one, I deserve to be here Two, I can go after a position like this. And three, if I get the job, I'm going to kill it. And, um, I owe it to them and I owe it to the people, you know, quote unquote behind me, AKA the younger generation to be able to pay it forward because my mom used to always say it takes a village. And I I'm a firm believer in that. And I always try to do whatever I can to help people. So there's a few things in there that I think we need to unpack. The first thing is that we hear all the time about how life and career are more like a jungle gym than a ladder, right? Mm -hmm. So you can like, get on and off and go up and down and all this stuff. But it's hard to have that perspective when you're our age, you know, you and I are similar ages. How do you have that perspective right now? Like what led you to that? What led me to that was my first job at Starbucks. Um, well, I'll back up even farther a little bit. Um, when I was playing basketball growing up, actually, I was a um, highly touted basketball player in elementary and middle school. I was ranked as high as number seven in the state of Georgia. I thought I was going D1. You know, I'm 14 years old. I'm, I'm going D1. I'm good. Um, when I got to high school, my high school had a bunch of transfers come in. Um, and I, I played varsity as a, as a freshman, but I sat the bench and I rode that bench so hard. There were splinters up my ass. <laughs> and it was a humbling experience because these guys were only a year older than me. You know, they weren't seniors. They weren't juniors. There was no, my foresight was I got to either beat them out or I got to wait till I'm a senior to even get a, cho a chance to play, you know, to get on the court. 
I worked, I worked, I worked, realized my role within the team was that I was going to be the guy who takes a bunch of charges, things that nobody wants to do, be the guy that's diving on the floor, things that nobody wants to do. And I'm going to knock down these threes. I'm a, I may be five, eight, but I'm going to set, stand as far back as I possibly can and knock these down. But it also got me into football, got me a lot more into football, realizing that a five, eight athlete in football has a better chance of playing division one sports, right? My goal going into that was to be a division one athlete, to have a scholarship. As I was going along my basketball journey, I realized that I wasn't going to ever be 6'4". I realized I was never going to be a McDonald's All-American like the guy playing in front of me. Um, I realized I wasn't probably going to go high division one like all the guys in front of me. You know, I would show out in front of the 20 college basketball coaches that were there and they'd still only go talk to those five guys. Right. And um, it made me realize at that moment intrinsically. Right. I wasn't thinking about it, but like it's okay to pivot. It's okay yeah. to to reinvent yourself. I was always chased the basketball player. Now I'm chased the football player. You know, and I took football very seriously and was fortunate enough to land a, um, a scholarship at Stetson University, small D1 school in Florida. Fast forward, go through those four years, completely forget that, you know, that learning. And then I get my first job at Starbucks and um, I thought that I was going to get promoted within the first year. Like I was putting in the work. I was getting into work every day at 7 a.m. I was leaving around 7 p.m. I was working my ass off. And it was my first performance review that made me realize like, maybe this isn't as linear as I thought it would be. Walked in, didn't prepare at all. Thought that it was just a performance review. Didn't know exactly how these ran as my first one in corporate America. And my manager decides to list off all these different things that I was missing to become, to get that promotion. Wow. And I remember talking to her and being like, how come you never brought these things up before? And, and mind you, I'm on the verge of tears, right? Like this is something that like I took very personal. Um, I'm here before you. I leave after you. Um, Trump was elected as president. You and the rest of the business decided to take the day off. I was operating the business by myself. Um, I've done a lot of things that I think prove that I need to be promoted. Why am I not getting this promotion? And she continued to just reiterate the same things that she had told me. And she was like, if you work on these, maybe the next, you know, 12 months will be better for you. It's very rare that somebody gets promoted within a year. And then all of a sudden, the facade of corporate America that I had dissipated very quickly. Now, I, I won't lie to you. I went home. I cried, called my mentors, called my parents, called everybody and was like, this is awful. Like, she sucks, blah, 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 blah. Blamed her for everything. But one thing that I've learned in life is that, like, you could blame other people for stuff, but, like, you got to take the bull by the horns. Like, no one's going to actually drive your career for you. No one's going to get you a scholarship. No one's going to make you the next CEO, right? I thought because my uncle worked in the business that it was like, bang, 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 and that I was just going to move up the ladder. After that, they closed down my business unit at Starbucks. Um, so I was only working there for about nine months. My performance review was about, like, month seven. Um wow. And I had to find a new job. And I found that I got promoted through that new job. Now, wow. I was fortunate to be on like the skeleton team, help kind of close the business down. I was one of 30 people out of 400 that ended up staying. And I was like, wait, I got promoted out of like one of the worst situations that ever happened. You know what I mean? Like in the storm, you could still find light. And I quickly realized at that moment that maybe I don't need to stay in the same business unit or in the same company to get promoted. And I moved over into the CPG portion of the business, was trying out something brand new, got like a 15% pay increase, brand new title, moved from a specialist to an associate. I'm feeling good. And then nine months into that job, we got sold to Nestle. And I was like, what the, f what is wrong with me? Right. Am I the problem? It's like that TikTok sound. Am I right. the problem? No, right. I'm the problem. And I was like, what is going on? And, um, 
after that, like went over to Nestle, realized all the opportunities that Nestle had much bigger opportunity than Starbucks. Um, I could have moved to DC. I could have moved to, you know, at the time Glendale, I could have moved to Ohio, like a bunch of different places around the country. Oh, yeah. And I started realizing there's a lot of things that I want to do in my career outside of just getting promoted. Do I always want to get paid more every year? Absolutely. But I also want new experiences. I want to be able to travel on the company. I want to be able to, you know, get my sky miles and hotel miles from the company. I want to be able to um, work in a sales position. I want to be able to build skill sets. And I had one mentor tell me that your career is not about how fast you can rise, but it's about how well-rounded as a business leader you can become and then have the leaders pull you up. Because the last thing that they, that you want to be, Chase, CJ, is a, a vice president at a Fortune 100 company and you don't know shit. You're mm -hmm. the people who are reporting into you are looking at you like you're the biggest idiot in the world. And I've worked for leaders like that. And I remember the thoughts that I had and the conversations that I had around that leader and how unintelligent we, we, we all believed him to be him or her to be. I didn't want to be that. So I started taking on a new way of thinking in terms of how I thought about my career. What skills can I build? What do I need in order to become that next leader? That's going to make me a kick-ass leader. Right. I'm still not in people management, but I've built out different mentor programs, different things. I've taken on different mentees to be able to learn how to become a good people leader. I take a lot of notes on things that people do well, things that people don't do well. So that way I can incorporate it into my life and my, the way that I approach management, the way that I approach just working in general. And, um, you know, I'd say I gave you a long winded uh, way of telling you how I kind of got into this thinking, but. Those two experiences alone really stick out in my life um, as something that just made me realize it's not about how fast I how fast I get up to being a VP. Like I did have a goal when I was first joining uh, corporate America was that like I wanted to be like a thirty five year old VP um, or or thirty year old VP. And um, what I've realized is like as long as I'm increasing my salary, as long as I'm learning, and as long as I'm helping others along my journey, like that day will come. It's just a matter of me finding the right position, the right place. Um, and being behind the right leaders to be able to actually like thrive in that environment and, and grow. Right. And you, you don't want to get there um, and not have the skills because exposure just gets you exposed, right? Mm -hmm. Exposure just gets you exposed. So if you think about the fact that one at different companies, VP means different things, right? And, then, and over the last 40 years, there's been a study done where um, I think it's at like the middle manager position, has expanded so much that everybody that you think about in corporate America is like a middle manager or a VP, mm -hmm. right? Like at some companies, that means like there's four people that are VPs. At other companies, that's 400 people, right? You just don't know what that means when you see it on the resume. And Absolutely. what you want to do is have the greatest impact and use your skills. Exactly. I don't want to be that leader that goes home complaining to my wife being like, well, I don't have a wife now, but you know, hopefully in the near future. Um, being like, dang, this sucks. This sucks. Right. I right. want to be that leader that's going home going, my team is working on this and we are going to kill it and we are going to be the best. You know what I mean? Like I want to show up excited every day. And I feel like when yeah. you're on your heels, right? A lot of us feel this when we first start a new job, you're always on your heels. You don't know as much as everybody else in the company. You're, you're battling your own internal imposter syndrome. You are just a lot, a lot more anxious just in general, right? You feel like you're on your heels. And then all of a sudden you get to month six and you're like, I'm fucking killing it. I am the best analyst. I am the best account manager. I am the best X that I could be. And I'm going to keep doing this, right? And then you start expanding on that. And that's what I want to be 
as a leader moving forward. But, you know, it's a journey. I'll get there when I get there. It's not on my time. It's on God's timing and having a, a, a strong faith in a, in a higher being, whether you believe in God or, you know, the universe or, or whatever it may be. I'm not someone to push religion on others, but I am someone to say you have to have a strong faith and foundation in something to be able to go back on, you know, like we said earlier, in the storm, you find the light. And it's like that, that faith in God for me, at least has allowed me to be able to say, I'm going to say a prayer tonight, leave it up to God. He's got a plan for me and I'm just going to let him run with it. And I'm just here along for the journey and I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to live his word and, and his light through my body and through my spirit. But at the same time, I'm going to keep pushing on. Does it make it easier every day? No, but it is a good foresight for me to stay grounded at least. That's right. That's right. And so after a few years of kind of working through this journey, you get to a place where you're ready to share your experience and your take on corporate America. How did you kind of get to TikTok and Instagram and what made you want to post corporate humor, but also like real deal corporate advice that people yeah. that are, you know, our age and a little bit younger can take away from it? Totally. So when I first started in at Starbucks, I actually started a blog called It's Millennial Talk and I wanted to talk about things I didn't learn in college that you learn through corporate America. And what I realized is that I'm too young to be talking about this. <laughs> I'm way too young to be talking about this, right? People who are 20, 21, 22, like they don't want to be listening to another 22 year old who's only been here for a couple months. Like that's right. Shit. I lost my first job. I could have ended up not at Starbucks anymore and working for a smaller brand. Right. And that could have been everything out the window at that point. That's um, right. So it started with that. I went into a podcast platform, platform, moving that over to call the millennial way. And, um, Still wasn't growing an audience. I was still like 24, 25, right? And realized that my podcast where I was talking more about like being a black man in corporate America actually did a lot better than the ones that I was talking about, like different jobs and how to break into certain industries and things like that. 2020 was a very big year for me, right? Um, we had George Floyd happen. Um, well, first we had COVID, sent us all home, then George Floyd, and then you have protests and, and a bunch of other stuff that was going on within the country. I started like posting on my podcast more like personal things like that. And it got me more used to just being myself, you know, like yeah. I was still myself through my podcast and through my blog, but it was very professional. It was very much a host aspect of it. So I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about others and my roommates, Alex and Thomas, I owe them a huge shout out because they used to sit on the couch every night. They would not say a word for about 45 minutes and they just scrolled through TikTok. And I was like, man, how do you guys spend so much time on TikTok? And they'd be showing me stuff, showing me stuff, showing me stuff. And then they started showing me different like corporate humor creators. And they were like, you could easily do this, right? You can make a rift off of trending sounds. You could do your own skits. Like, why, why aren't you doing this, Chase? And I was like, well, you know, I haven't podcasted for a while. Excuse me. I've been taking a little bit of a break. I have a bunch of free time on my hands. Let's give it a go. And um, I started doing some research on TikTok. Um, seeing what other corporate humor um, creators were doing. And to be frank, I wasn't even looking at like corporate advice or career advice or tips or anything like that because I was so stuck on the, the funny part of it. And right. I thought, and, and frankly, as a consumer of the content, I was like, this is what I like to see. So this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And um, sat on drafts. I had about like eight to 10 drafts and I sat on it for about 10 days. And then one morning I woke up and I was like, and you could probably relate to this CJ. I was like, F it. I'm just going to send it, bro. Like what is, what's holding me back? Right? Like, afraid that colleagues are going to see it. Like they already know that I create content in other formats, right? Like what else, what, what's the worst that could happen? And, um, I ended up posting it. And then I think after 
just a couple days, I had a post go viral. And that's a wrap on this episode of Culture Court. Thank you for listening. As you can tell, this combo went a little bit long, so we're going to put bonus content in another episode that's available to you right now. Share this with a friend and connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear what you thought about the episode and if you have ideas for future shows. You can also leave me a voicemail at culturecourtpodcast.com. We might even play your voicemail on the show. Thanks again. I'll see you next time.